If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Hello and welcome back to the Marriage Be Hard podcast. I am your host, Melissa. I'm Kevin Fredericks. And we host this podcast that was birthed from our book, Marriage Be Hard, which was a New York Times bestseller. You should definitely go get it because there's like really great words of wisdom. There's comedy. There's fun. There's all the the things. Um, But this podcast, we sit and we talk about or talk about we talk to people and couples that we know that are in our orbit about love about relationships about things that they have learned they drop gems they drop wisdoms and oftentimes yes I said wisdoms because <laughs> it comes with an s and oftentimes that comes with a good time and laughter as well so today we have a very special couple that Kevin and I have followed since their girls were we little but was knee taking, high to a duck come as they on say. but <laughs> was taking over all of the internet uh interwebs with their cute personalities and that is no none other than justin and ami McClure. <laughs> you may know them as the parents of ava alexa and alexis and jersey and the McClure twins you might even want to make that distinction. Oh, they are the McClure twins. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, they the may McClure not know twins. the girls' names. They just yeah. know them as the okay. As a unit, they are called the the McClure twins. Yeah. Yes. They <laughs> are funny as uh, as parents, like when I'm out, sometimes they'll be like, You're you're the you're the dad of the McClure twins. And I'm like, I'm still I'm Justin now. <laughs> yeah. I have a name. I have a right. name as well. Uh, when the boys were doing stuff, I was always, um, oh, your official JoJo, official Zayzay's mom. Mm-hmm. I mean, and their stint was small. So I can only imagine uh, how much more you guys are just the McClure twins, uh, mom and dad. Uh, Kev, do you have something you want to say there? No, no. I just think it's um, it was so funny. I saw the girls on the red carpet for, I believe, Ant-Man. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I remember, like, I knew they were twins, and I, I interviewed one, and then I saw them at the end. I was like, boy, she got down here quick. And <laughs> then I was like, Kevin, here. you know what twins are, <laughs> and you know these twins. But it was a lot. I was nervous. I was sweating. But <laughs> but it was so great to see them go from, you know, on my phone to on the red carpet and working. And working. They was not intimidated. They no. was they was professional. Yes. Cute as a button. But it was great. And it was good to, I, as fellow parents of children who were in the industry, our children retired retired very early. Retired. Uh, they retired very early. They were they was uh, early retirement. Yeah. Bright future. Uh, but there's very few people who have this unique experience. So I'm very curious to see what it's been like for you guys. And I think the girls, uh, I could easily say, probably reached a little bit more stardom than our kids. Yeah, 100%. Not uh, Yeah, 100%. <laughs> Uh, which we will, of course, talk about the uniqueness of having your kids kind of and the impact really it has on your marriage. But because this is the Marriage Be Heart podcast, yeah. we'll be talking about the girls, of course, because they're your children. But we're really here to get to know y'all, because how often do people talk to y'all as husband and wife and not as the parents of Nobody talks to him. They talk to me. Uh, got it, got it, got it. Uh, so, Justin, listen, this is your opportunity to shine, okay? Tell the people that your name is Justin. You got a whole personality, okay? I'm a whole person over here. A whole person, okay? So, let's start at the very beginning. Tell us your love story. How did y'all meet? Who said what to whom? Who had eyes for who? Who curved the other person? We want the tea, the details. Oh, Ooh. well, I, I think... Um... You know, before we met, there might need to be a little bit of context of like where we where we were in our lives. Okay, I think that's that's important for this podcast. So, you know, I um I lived in L.A. for many years. I was a stand up comic. That's what I did. I had an agent and I worked as a comedian. Um, my I just have that- to stop you right there, Justin. I had no idea. Do you knew that, Kev? No, I just learned when you did. I <laughs> yeah. So so you know, from like 2000 to 2010, I 
lived in LA and I was a regular at uh, the comedy store, the whole thing. And, and you know, there's, there's a point I'm getting at is that um, it, it really, it was fun for me and it's something I got good at. I opened for like the biggest names and, you know, I traveled. But by the end, I think I just had a, a full-blown addiction to alcohol, drugs, and womanizing. So I would really go on stage and I would um, get drunk and I would tell my jokes and I would really try to find find a way to get laid that night. Um, and, you know, I was in like Montana, Kansas City, you know, Atlanta, wherever, right? So long story short, in 2010, I looked myself in the mirror literally and I did not like who I was anymore. I said, you know, you're a grown man. You're getting drunk all the time. You're chasing women. You're pretty much living paycheck to paycheck because you're, you're, you're wasting all your money. And it, it took the diminishing of my ego to really look at myself and realize that's, that's who I was. Wow. And so I had shame go through my body, but I also had inspiration. And I said, well, why don't you just, you know, start tomorrow and not drink? And so that, that next day not drinking has led to 10 years of not drinking. Oh, which wow. Also, which also led to within, so this is really interesting. So the first day I'm like, not going to drink. I don't care if I kick a baby, punch a horse. <laughs> like, like, What's up, oh, horse? Mm. <laughs> but I didn't drink. <laughs> hey, that horse had it coming. Um, <laughs> he didn't give me a ride. So, um, but what, what I'm saying is like, so I didn't drink for about a year. Then I said, I started getting healthy. And also the important thing there is I was womanizing the, the shit out of New York and like wherever I was. And I said, I'm not going to date because that, that, that is something unhealthy for me. So don't drink, don't date, whatever. Right. So after about a year, I said, well, Justin, you seem to be, you know, kind of messed up on the inside. So I went to therapy every Wednesday for a year and a half. And then I started um, realizing that um, I wanted to be more generous with myself. So I started volunteering. And w when I met her, I was volunteering. At, I was tutoring for kids. I was volunteering at the New York Botanical Garden. I was uh, I had mentees. I was doing all kinds of stuff, right? So I was at a very healthy place. So I, two years sober, about two years sober is when I met her. And so that's where I was. And I think that's important because up until that point, I was not emotionally available for a relationship because I was unhealthy. I got healthy. And then she also was at a certain place where we kind of converged and met. And she should tell you where, you know, kind of where she was. Wow. Yeah. So you guys may or may not know Justin adopted Ava and Alexis. So that's something people know now. But, you know, beginning people didn't know that. But my previous marriage relationship was just really terrible, hard, difficult, abusive, just all the things that make you be like, I don't want anybody around me. Like I'm going to be a single mom. I'm going to raise my girls. Um, and just recovering myself. Like, how do I stand back up again? So that's kind of, I guess that was a year, a year or so into that when I met him and we both kind of met on a, Oh, we're not taking anything seriously. Like it'll be fine. Cause we'll just see each other and you know, hang out maybe. I was desperate for adult conversation after spending a year straight with just babies and blah, blah, blah talk. <laughs> oh, really literally. Interaction, you know, because I'm a single mother of twins at that point. So it's literally all day long. It's me and the girls, me and the girls, me and the girls. And my mom is actually the one who encouraged me to say, well, why don't you just go on a few lunch dates? You know, when I come up on the weekends and this and that, and I was like, mm. but she kept pushing it and pushing it. And I finally said, okay, fine. So interestingly enough, we technically met on match.com technically, but never really had interaction truly on that. Cause we were in different States. I was in New Jersey. He was in New York and I'm like, I'm not going to New York. I didn't know if he was going to go to New Jersey. So we just kind of like babbled back and forth, you know, little texts. Um, and then I was working a job right across the GWB. Uh, let, let me tell this part of the story. Oh, this okay, is okay. his favorite part. Yeah, okay, yeah. okay. So, yeah, we were both on uh, Match.com, and, you know, she winked at me, and I'm like, I don't know what that means, like a wink. That's a crazy. That's you, not what I did. No, you, I commented <laughs> on your picture. You were shooting a basketball. Basketball is my favorite sport I used to play. And I commented. I said, oh, you actually look like you have a shot. That was the first interaction. Ah, okay. So, so anyhow, um, so we, we, we knew of each other from this like online dating thing, but we were pursuing, like, I, I wasn't really pursuing. It was, you know, online dating to me at the time was a way to like, kind of like make yourself feel a little bit better if people were interested in you, like you could like, you know, whatever. I was living in Washington Heights, uh, New York, 
way up on if you know what that is is way up on in, in manhattan yep in the heights mm -hmm. yes i'm coming out of the subway and across the street is her shut up there's a, there's a guy hollering at her hey baby hey baby hey baby hey baby oh wow yeah so because if you've seen uh, her backside you would know uh, <laughs> so uh I, I come out of the subway, I see this. This guy's like, hey, baby, hey, baby, hey, baby. I'm like, I need to come, you know, save this woman save from this Save me, because I needed guy. that. Yes. And then as I'm crossing the street and I get closer, I'm like, I think I think this is the, the, the person who I kind of interacted with a little bit. So I walked up to her. Um, as this guy was behind her, like about 10 yards or whatever, I just I walked up to her and I said, I said, hey, listen, you don't know me. I don't know you, but why don't you pretend like you know me? This guy will leave you alone. We'll go around the corner, you know, like, and then, like, whatever. I'm just being nice, right? Just pretend like you know me. So we walked around the corner. This guy kept walking because I think he thought we were together at that point. And uh, we just met. And then we walked into, uh, we walked in to have lunch. And that was, that was it. Shut up. This is a real life story. You guys had a for real meet cute. And like, like, what do they call it? Serendipity? That movie. Yes. You just, you didn't think you were going to meet. Kind of was like, ah, like I said, little comments on pictures. Never really thinking anything of it. And when he did that, I, you know, you look at them cross-eyed. Like, I don't need you to save me. Like, I'm good. Like, I I can handle this dude. I'm from yeah. Jersey. Um, but I was like, whatever. Let's go have lunch. I'm not really doing anything. So we had lunch. And as he's looking at me, I'm looking at him like, dude, I know you from somewhere. Yeah. But I'm not sure where. And then we pull up the profile. I'm like, uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, this is the guy that I was matched with on Match. And we just started talking more after that, like probably almost every day. Um, and then on my well, mom. No, let, let me, let me, in that conversation, so I was, I was excited because she's beautiful. But then even on the first, the first time she told me that she had these, these uh, little girls. Mm -hmm. Ava and Alexis were not even one yet. They just, they just turned one. So my heart went from like excited to like, uh, I'm like, I didn't want to be a dad or a husband. Yeah. I was still kind of in this mindset of like running the streets, even though I was sober and whatever. So I was excited. But then like when she showed me the little girls who were very cute, I was, I was just like, oh, wow. Like you're, you're like a, like a, like a new mom. And so, um, I, I would say for Which that, was fine because I was like, dude, don't worry about it. I'm not asking you to be their dad. Their dad. Right. right, right, right. It's not even that. <laughs> so, so from that point, you know, I, I would say in the beginning, I, I wasn't that interested in, but she was very persistent on just being a good person. Like she wasn't persistent in chasing me. She would just like check in on me. And I thought that was really cool because we live in an age where everyone is so self-absorbed. Mm -hmm. If, if somebody swipes and like, they don't get attention, they just go to somebody mm -hmm. else. Right. Well, that showed me about her that she wasn't like really opening to a lot of people or having a lot of connections. She was genuinely like interested in me, like, you know, asking about my day or, or remembering something that I might've told her. And I thought that was really cool. So I said, you know, listen, um, I, I really, your, your girls scare me. That, that whole thought scares me. But I said, you know, let, let me, let me come over and I'll meet them and, you know, I'll, I'll be open to it because what I've learned in sobriety is, don't pretend to know what you don't know because what you did know got you in trouble. Mm. So walk in with an open mind and be quiet once in a while. So um, long story short, I think by the second time I met the girls, I was just like, I'm, I'm going to be their dad. He liked them. <laughs> they did not like him. <laughs> Let's be clear there. Mainly, it's not even, it wasn't even about him, but it was only mom. Because it was only you. Yes. So he would like put a hand on me and they'd smack his hand. <laughs> They just did. They were not. At one? At one? Yes. They were very much. Like, watch I mean, out, Playboy. Hey, hey, hey she's hey. good, bro. Yeah. We, from, we from Jersey. We all from Jersey. Yeah. <laughs> it was hilarious to me. And so I think it was like maybe a couple weeks. That, that, and then they started like looking at him like with a softer eye. And I could see it happening. And they'd walk up to him. You know, they were climbing all over him like kids do. And I was like, oh, they're starting to like you. <laughs> Um, so that, I get, think that actually affected him too, because in his mind thinking he doesn't want to be around kids or be a dad or anything like that. But then these little girls are like, you know, it's like, how can you resist puppies almost? Right, you know? right. So that's kind of. <laughs> and so from, from that point, I think we were married and I had legally adopted the girls within a year of that point. Like, Shut up. Really, yeah, yeah. So it had, you know. My mom thought I was absolutely nuts. Right? How but many years ago was that now? Hmm? How many years ago was that now? Um, it'll be eight years eight, eight, in eight. July. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. So, so, you know, that just shows like, and, and part of like, when I speak about my life or transformation or the you know, TED talks I've done, I, I really, I really try to hone in on that. I want to take a quick break from today's episode to tell you about Miracle Maid's bed sheets. So I just recently had um, people over at my house and for whatever reason, my house was very hot the entire weekend. I was like waking up in the middle of the night extremely hot which you know that's a lot for me because I'm generally a person that's very cold well waking up hot or cold for that matter is one of the greatest impacts on the quality of your sleep did you know that imagine the last time you had a really restless night of sleep you're probably too hot too cold like I'm sure that played uh, played a factor in the quality of your sleep. Well, Miracle Made bed sheets have a self-cooling property for better quality sleep. Miracle Made's bed sheets have a self-cooling property for better quality sleep. They use silver infused fabrics inspired by NASA. Okay, don't 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 give me a bed sheet that's inspired by NASA. Okay, don't do that because now I think I'm fancy. Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulated and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long, so you get better sleep every night. My sheets actually just arrived on my porch uh, last week, and so I am going to put them on and I'm going to report back and I'm going to let you guys know how it goes down because. I'm very excited. I wish I would have put them on this weekend because I could have avoided my sleepless nights that I had. Go to trymiracle.com slash MBH to get your Miracle Made sheets today. And whether you're buying them for yourself or as a gift for a loved one, if you order today, you can save over 40%. And if you use our promo MBH at checkout, you'll get three free towels and save an extra 20%. Miracle is so confident in their product. It's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash MBH and use code MBH to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash MBH to treat yourself. Thank you, Miracle Made, for sponsoring this episode. That part of my life in that don't think you always, you know, your best actions got you where you were. And if where you were is not good, then maybe don't do that anymore. Wow. So for me, it was like, okay, you're, you're in a new stage of your life. You're, you're sober. Like maybe be open to other things that it might've held you back because you don't know what you want until you have it. Wow. And so that's when I met the girls. And also the other big thing is that I don't come from a, from a, um, I wouldn't call it a racist place. Like as far as like where I'm from geographically, I'm, I'm from North Georgia, but there weren't many black people there. Uh-huh. Yeah. And, I don't know how to describe it, but it's, but it's basically like my travels of the world. It's like, I've ended up, you know, marrying outside of my race, adopting and doing all these great things that I never thought was possible that have been the best parts of my life that just shows how people hold themselves back. If they don't unleash the potential of where they might be able to go, if they think they know everything. So for me, my best life is living right now. And it's mainly because I I, I decided to, have some humility and say, why don't we listen to the universe and tell it and, and just be good and see what comes my way. Justin, that's so good. It's so good. And also what I love about what your, your story is and that perspective, you, you're one of the few people who actually did get your life together before you started dating. <laughs> like you stopped, really, <laughs> like you said, okay, you know what? I'm addicted to alcohol. I need therapy. Let me stop doing all those things. And, so, and then you took the years. Of like getting There's a lot of girls that are pissed off at me during the years when I was doing that, probably. <laughs> but I think people want to do that, but people very rarely stop and like yeah. take a self assessment yeah. and then like actually, you know, make the adjustments necessary. And I think it's amazing how your life has, you know, from what you have said so far, how things turned around after you you made those choices. I think that's uh, commendable. That you would, you probably wouldn't have been ready for this relationship had you not decided, you know, two three years ago prior Absolutely. to to do Definitely that. Definitely wouldn't have been ready for me. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, the main thing is that I tell people is that for me, I didn't become smarter. I, I took my energy from this place and I put it in this place. Mm-hmm. That's all I did. I said, okay, yeah. why don't you stop running around, running on the streets, you know, chasing women, doing 
alcohol, drugs, whatever. Just take your energy and go over here and get sober, be healthy, you know, give, give to other people. And then you'll be, you, you'll be amazed at the people that might come into your life by being patient. And that's what I did. And I try to tell people that who, there's a lot of people who don't have hope. They're in the trenches. They don't think there's a way out. They think they need to be super smart or they need to have great luck. And like, no, a lot of times what you need to do is just stop doing what you're doing and do something else and be patient. You got it. I had to be very patient. And so when I met her, I still had to be patient because I didn't want to be a dad. Yeah, so I said, okay, right. let, let me be patient and like meet these little girls. And I met these little girls, fell in love with her and, and the girls. And within a year, I, I'm, a, I'm a dad and a husband. And it's just like, I, I can't imagine what my life would be if I would have been closed off to that experience. Wow. I love this. So now my question is, you guys are talking online. You officially have this serendipitous moment. And then yeah. within a year of that, you are fully I do to each other. How has the 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 getting to know each other as husband and wife because you're kind of doing it at the same time because you didn't have a long extensive dating history and before you answer at what point does youtube come in because that's going to add a layer to your relationship not as the manager of the girls but as husband and wife yeah um i would say you know and he says this all the time we didn't really date like the long extended dating period where you get to know each other and what don't I like or what I don't like about this. It was almost a, a magnetic thing and it just happened and we moved, we moved with it. We didn't resist what was happening. So then when you get into the marriage and you're living together and you're figuring out what this person does and all this other stuff, there were definitely moments that you kind of look like, hmm, is this, did I really think about this? And not even in a way of like trying to run out of it, but like it. didn't really figure out each other. But we just decided that we're going to do it as we go. We committed to this thing already. Um, we know our core values. We know who we are at the core. Let's commit to doing this as we go. And you you always don't have to be open to change. Yes. I know people always say, don't try and change your partner. And it's true. You can't necessarily change the person. But if you have two people who are willing to hear each other and say, okay, like I always tell him, there's certain things that if it matters to him and it really doesn't matter to me, okay, I can let it go. It's not that I don't, I'm not arguing for the sake of arguing. Right. Some people just have to win. Yeah. Like they have to win. And I don't think either one of us are like that. And what I can really appreciate about him is he doesn't necessarily admit in the moment, but I know he's listening and he'll walk away. He'll take whatever it was and he may come back a week later. Three months later. <laughs> It takes time. It really does. But I had to learn that because in the beginning I was like, I told you this thing, like, what are you doing? Then I watched him and I see that he really did listen. Um, he wasn't a right away action. He had to come to it, his own thought and say, okay, what did she say? How do I feel about it? Do I agree with it? Or can I see her point? And after that whole process, he would come back. Yeah. I want to jump in on that because I think, I think that is so important and marriage be hard. That's, that's the hard, like, when a woman or um, a man comes with, at you with an agenda and they think they're right, they want to address it now. That's very selfish, and it's it's almost like, it's, it's like natural, the, the, the need to be right is almost a form of violence. Mm, it's, say it's, more, really Justin. A, say the, more. The need to have to be right is almost a form of violence because you're bullying and you want it your way. But once you can say, "I've said my part," I'm going to walk away. She, she'll do that. Like she'll say her part. And she'll be soft and, and whatever. And it makes me feel like like very uh, vulnerable inside. Like I'm like, it's when somebody's very nice to you, I think uh, Martin Luther King said that. Or it's like when, like you can't show hate to love. Like love will always win. Yeah. yeah. So whenever right. somebody is upset, but they're loving, like you can't really get mad at that. Right. So all right. I could really do is like take my thoughts and, and say, you know, I, I really want to understand her side. So I think that that part of like our relationship has always because we're very different people, like we're very, very different people. But the fact that we both do that always makes us reconcile successfully. Yeah, uh, that was the thing I learned from him, because I don't know if it was the single momhood, the career climbing, like I was always very, listen, da, 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 da. and he'd be like, I'm not your employee, like, you know, I don't work for you. I'm like, I, I didn't say that. I'm just telling you what it is. So I learned that from him. Like, he's never going to hear me if I continue to be like, 
listen, I need you to do this and then walk off. He's, he's just never going to hear it. Yeah. So that took a couple of years for me to learn that adjustment. Like, listen, I need to communicate differently. Love you know, that. we're, we're, I can be very blunt and not even in a mean way. I don't necessarily yell. I don't appreciate yelling, but I don't sugarcoat things. Mm-hmm. But I had to learn that not sugarcoat, but just speak from a place of you want him to understand and not, I want to reprimand. Yes. That's yeah. good. Uh, I'm curious <clears throat> from, from what I gather and can correct me if my timeline's off. You went from a, uh, just in a single man, no dating, and Ami from a single mother. Were you dating prior? No. Okay. To married, committed, committed, legally adopted. What was that transition like for you? Because you di- you basically did two things at once. Justin, you became a, a husband and a father, and Ami, yeah. you be- you became a wife, wife and no longer a single mother. Was there any? And you have two children. As well, Justin, you 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 ain't even oh, going. I got two kids. <laughs> you went from twins with people who were expecting twins is a lot. You didn't even yeah. necessarily have plans for kids. So, what was that transition like for both of you? Were there any bumps in the roads? Like, how did you merge those two kind of really different lives into one? Well, let me. I'll let you answer that. But I also want to mention that the reason there was a escalation or some escalation is you know there was a biological, but it wasn't in the picture. And we didn't want him to be in the picture. And we thought, I thought there were concerns there. And I, part of my protection of like loving these girls that the biological had never seen them. So, you know, I, I don't want to throw shade in that direction. Sure. But basically, you know, this, this was a person who like left her alone in a hospital room uh, to die having these kids because wow. she almost did. So, you know, I can throw shade in that way because it, it was not, it was not nice to do that. Right. So, but anyhow, um, when I found out about the girls and the body, basically I love them and I, I really wanted to protect them. I said, I, they need to be, I want them to be mine. I want to be, I want to be their dad. And this has got this. And she agreed, obviously. And so we presented it obviously to the courts and the judge and they made this adoption happen so fast because they were really on our side. as a sure. family. So that's the reason of the, if there was any escalation, otherwise we, we would have, we probably would have like, you know, waited a couple of years or whatever. Right. Got it. Yeah. But as far as merging, merging the family or like, you can, you can talk about that. Yeah. Um, like for me, speaking of the situation that I was coming from, um, I still was kind of hesitant to give over that control. That yeah. makes sense. Sure. Because I had so-called won my life back, um, in the process of the divorce and everything I was given my life and also given my children's lives because going through the court divorce proceedings and everything and the judge seeing who he was and having all these recommendations and ordering certain things to happen that never happened with him. She granted me the girl's legal custody, physical custody, everything. So I was like, I have full control of this situation. And it was very scary for me to think that, wow, what if something does happen here? And I'm handing this precious thing over yeah. to someone again. Um, it was very scary. Um, Still, sometimes I'm like, I don't, I'm not sure how I got over that part. You know what I mean? I think I just decided to trust his intentions and just realizing who he was and watching how he was with them. You know, I never had any thought of he didn't want to be here or he was forced to be here. Like he genuinely really cared about the girls and he was there and, you know, instantly started like, what do they need? What do you guys need? And things like that. And it just really made me soften to the thought of, pushing or allowing that to happen. Um, yes, there was that factor of they do need, not even that they needed to, like, I guess in his, your thought was in case there was ever a time in the future where there was issues or I had to go to a court battle, this would completely negate that. Right. Yeah. If they have now a legal father, there's no even issue going on. Um, so that was part of it for sure. Um, and then once that happened, I do think that I had to learn to let go of mm. all the decision making, of all the doing everything. Um, was I that difficult? It it was, but much like him, like I'm a person who's even if it's hard, I'm going to really try to do it. Yeah, it with a hundred percent effort. Like literally, I would just say, "Okay, I'm going to walk away." Or no, he, they did something. <laughs> he's going to do. It. Let me just walk away. So that I don't interject because if I stood there and he was trying to be dad and Hey, you girls shouldn't do this. 
I don't want to now be like, oh, no, 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 don't, you know. Yeah. And it was very hard. It was very hard. But my solution was just say, let me just go in the other room. Let me just walk away. You know what's and, so, go ahead. Uh, I'm just asking one more thing for Justin. Justin, as a new father, did you ever feel like overwhelmed to like, because you, if you're there for the pregnancy, so to speak, you're like preparing for this, like, okay, eight months, seven months mm -hmm. from now. But you, you know, this happened very quickly and you are a like, father. Did you ever feel like, oh my God, I don't know. Because I had a kid and still felt like I didn't know what I was doing. I was just looking around like, well, okay, well, he stopped crying. All right. This little victory is won. You know, did you ever feel like. I think I was overwhelmed. Uh, I think I was excited. And I think you, you learned. It's kind of like, I mean, you know, I think it's like learning anything. If you care enough, you'll figure it out. Like I love yeah. to play golf. And golf is a very hard game. But the more you put into it, you'll figure something out. Parenting is the same thing. Uh, marriage is the same thing. If you care about it, the more you put into it, you, I mean, you'll, you'll figure it out. So it, it was exciting. And I also think for my personality, um, as, as a, you know, it's very ostensible that you know, I'm a comedian because I think like a lot of comedians, there was you know, trauma there that brought me to the stage um, because I'm really more of a solitary kind of, um, I wouldn't say introverted, but I'm, I'm a very much, a, I would say I'm a loner mm -hmm. and, and I choose to be, meaning that like I have friends and a lot of friends and people who like me, but I choose to only be around the people that I really want to be around, which could be only two or three people. It doesn't need to be a lot. Yeah. I'm very social and I'm very, I can be gregarious, but I only want to be around the, my tribe. And so it was quickly in the beginning, I realized that I'm like, this is going to be my tribe and like, they're going to fulfill me and I hopefully I fulfill them. And that's really all I need. And so, but if I had a big social thing and it was like, I was pulled in all these different directions, I think that would have been difficult, but she and I both are kind of the way that we are. And I think we succeed mainly early on because we both, we both saw that we are family first and foremost. And so no matter what other problems are there, we know that the family is number one. And so we would never really have any big problems if that was number one. And so it's, it's been that way, you know, forever. So, and well, I think also thinking back to the beginning, one of the things that probably helped you is he's like a teacher, like he just loves to teach. Um, and I think that the girls being so young and moldable, like, you know, teaching them their body parts, teaching them the ABCs. These are things that he walked into moments where they were still learning this stuff and he just dove right in. I think that was a lot of fun for him and it gave him you know, sort of a purpose there and let him figure out what else he could do from there on. Instead of, you know, infants, some, if it was, they were infants, he'd probably be like, I don't really know what I'm doing here. I didn't have any time to even think about like, how do I close this diaper type of thing? <laughs> right. Um, but they were in the stage where they just were absorbing so much and they would just look at him like, yes, I want to know what my nose is and what does it do? So it was just like this wide eyed thing and he could pour into them and they were pouring into him with all their attention. But I think it made that transition easier. Yeah, let me segue. This might help you out as far as like segueing into how we got into a, a business is that I thought I just love this new part of my life, right? And um, being a comedian, it's really being a storyteller. Right. So really, if you're a good comedian, you're, you know, Dave Chappelle, like these are good storytellers, right? And so I just kind of transferred. I still had this creative instinct and all these things that I, you know, I writing. And so I just said, I wanted to document some of these fun things with the girls because they were so cute of like teaching them, you know, certain things. And so um, we started doing that. And then we started saying, okay, we're going to go to the park and they're going to meet ducks for the first time. Let's, let's document that. Let's bring a camera. And we had no intentions or whatever. And then it just so happened that we did a couple of videos talking to the girls about being twins. And then one of those really took off. And then, it put us on Good Morning America and the Today Show, like right after. So that put us in a situation of like, you know, what's going on here? Like we're getting subscribers and we're not even trying to do anything. Right. So I think the innocence of us building a family and me being excited about that. And um, if you put that with the adorable girls and like our family all together, I think there was something interesting that people liked. And then it just kind of took off. And then we had to make a decision of, you know, what do we do here? I made the decision personally, I'm going to burn both ends of the candle and go to my day job and learn how to edit, and do other things at night and, and build this. Cause I liked it because we both had great day jobs. You know, she was a controller. I worked at a big law firm. 
uh, even though I didn't enjoy it because I was a creative. I mean, you do so, math and spreadsheets. <laughs> Girl. That is my, I know people are like, you're an accountant. Yeah, I went to no, school. No, but the controller is the top dog of the accountants. Yeah, my, my boss was a CFO and I was literally on, I was, my boss was trying to have me be CFO that next year that before I left the job. Um, and that was just like, I was 26 years old controller. Like I knew, I'm like, this is what I'm doing. I worked my butt off and knew that this is, this was my career path. Oh, I'm a throw up. <laughs> I love it though. And yeah. then you worked in a law firm. Yeah, I was working in a law firm. I had a really good job. I was I was a head trainer of like we had like a thousand um, a thousand attorneys, and so it was one of these cush jobs that paid a lot. You didn't have to do anything, but I was not fulfilled. So good thing you're not there anymore. You people hearing you say, <laughs> "Listen, the reality is a lot of people at their nine to five are unfulfilled." Listen, okay, I'm unfulfilled. Now that I remember, now that I remember correctly, and to be honest, I remember I would take part of my day there at the job and i'd be editing our videos yep that's when you know you're serious about it this is kevin exactly. frederick when i worked at boeing i tried to convince them to let me be on the design team so i could get an apple macbook i can't draw for nothing but i was like you cannot edit on these stupid dales i need iMovie i almost stole a laptop one time but i thought i might get fired you definitely would have got fired so i just went and edited in my car <laughs> on my phone it, no no but kev i'll be at work like I'd be watching uh, YouTube videos on like how to edit or whatever, whatever. Somebody would come in, and I would just alt tab over to the next thing, so you wouldn't know what it was. Yes. And I'd be like, "Yeah, I got this PowerPoint. I'm ready to go with that." PDFs, PDFs, uh, spreadsheet numbers. Oh my god, that is so funny. So, so you know, I was I was learning how to do my thing, and like we were getting more subscribers, and then like it really was just like we had our job, and then um, I was learning how to get better, and we were contributing, we were making videos, and then at some point, Facebook made us an offer when Facebook watch came out and it was like 50 grand a month for like eight months. And I was just like, what are we scared? Like, this is great money. We're already making good money. Like why, why are we not doing this? And I think that was 2017 and, and now, you know, it's kind of kept going. Yeah. 2017. And then that's when Jersey was born. And I had a year, I took off a year after having the girls. Cause I just like, I knew I needed it. My job was, you know, gracious enough to let me do that. Um, and then after having Jersey, I'm like, I want to do the same thing, but I was in a different job and they're like, you, we need you back. And I was <laughs> like, I don't, I don't want to go back. Like, I can't, I don't, I can't leave him. He's three months old. I yes. can't do it. Um, and so he was like, well, just go ahead and leave your job. Like we're making this money. I still have my job. So I called my job and said, I'm not going to go back. Like I'm, I'm going to stay home for the year, not really knowing if this would work out, but he's like, listen, if we put our full-time effort. We're doing well with, you know, this half foot in. We put our full-time effort into this. How could we not do well? Like, we're both smart people. We both can manage, do, like, plan it out. And funny enough, that happened. And then he was getting ready to quit his job about maybe three months later. He was getting ready to quit his job. Opposite happened. They were cutting a whole bunch of departments in a law firm. Wow. Cut his department. Laid off. Gave him a severance. Severance. So I'm like, wow, yeah, you didn't have to come. quit and not get any Little service. did they know. That's when right. God steps in. You they don't like, want you right into your destiny. That is exactly. awesome. I, I, I bet they probably thought you were going to be like, oh, man, this is so. He was like, thank you. Thank you. you. Oh, thank you. Ha, <laughs> Yeah, I know. Not only have you made this, because I'm sure if you're battling back and forth, should I, shouldn't I, oh, God, I hope I make this. Oh, no, this is de this is a definite it's happening. Right. And yes, I will collect this unemployment. And yes, I will take the severance. Thank you take so much. <laughs> Plus, they I think then they give you another year. His insurance was really, really good. They gave him yeah. a year. It was just like, this is ridiculous. All the stuff that scared us is now kind of taken care of. Y'all walked into yeah. serendipity twice. Yes. That was serendipitous. Yeah. I absolutely love this. I don't think I realized any of these things. Um, so 2017 essentially is when it sounds like you guys both became like full-time creators. Yeah. Full-time doing this thing. And so being 2017, how many years ago was that? Six. Oh, six so were you guys married at that time for three years? We got yeah. married 24, yep, three years. Three years. Okay, so that means you guys walked into the pandemic only married for like five years. Yeah. Yes. And, yeah. and we, were, we were living in New Jersey. We moved. I was living in New York, we were in New Jersey. But by that time, we just moved to Atlanta in 20, mm -hmm. 2020, right? We moved to Atlanta in 2019. 2019, okay. Mm -hmm. So, okay, was there another getting to know each other period during the 
pandemic because I feel like this is, oh, answer the question. I see you thinking. Yeah. Well, well it we was even we... before the pandemic because once we both were at home all day, full time now, that was a period um, where it's like, oh, okay, you're not leaving to go to work. And oh, okay, we are just going to be here kind of staring at each other more. In each other's faces all day. Yeah. So, and, so you just going to be here all day? Together. Yeah, exactly. And doing this thing together. <laughs> so it was also another thing like, okay, we're going to be working together. How do we divvy this up? And how do I not feel like I'm your boss or you don't feel like you're my boss? Like, how do we, how do we do this? So I think it's very easy, especially like somebody like him, like he'll take the lead and be like, okay, we're going to do this, this, and this. And I'll kind of roll with it if it doesn't feel like, are you telling me what to do? Yeah. <laughs> me what to do. Yeah. <laughs> You know, so that was an adjustment. I think, honestly, today still we have that struggle. Um, I think that is a struggle of, um, am I yelling in the mic? Okay. I think that is a struggle of couples that work together. I don't know if you have or can share any of your um like learnings or things that you realize, okay, you know, none of us have it all figured out, but this is what I know for sure. I, I, I can share something. She lets me um, disappear. So, Tell me what this means. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes I think maybe Kev can relate. I think guys might have this, it might be a masculine thing where you just like internally, you're just like, you're frustrated and, and like, I don't want to yell. I don't want to get upset. I'm like, I, I'm like, I need to go. I need to leave for about six hours. I'm going to take my laptop. I'm going to Panera. I'm going to eat two meals there. I'll be back by seven, right? And she'll just say, Okay, baby. And so little do you know, because I'm enjoying my no, time. No. <laughs> so, so the important thing there is to is to emphasize the way she lets me go and she just says, like, okay, you know, I'll see you later. If she were to give me flack or like we'd fight on the way out the door, it wouldn't have it wouldn't affect me the same way when I'm sitting at Panera right. when yeah. I'm like, you know what? She was so sweet. The I mean, I get to be selfish right now. She's got the kids. And I know I'm working, but like, I think I feel better now. I think I, and so I will come back, you know, a better, a better dad, you know, whatever. Um, same thing with like, maybe I need to go exercise and go to the gym. So what I'm saying is she lets me quote unquote disappear and then come back and then I'm softer. And I always, I always appreciate that. Yeah. And I, you know, that's, that's something I appreciate. Justin, yeah. you seem soft to me. I feel no. like you're not, I don't mean that disrespectfully. I mean that like, I feel like your natural disposition is actually much softer than you come across where you're like, I don't want to be a dad. And then you're like, I think I'm in love with these girls <laughs> and I, I, I want to be their dad for sure. No, I always say Justin is kind. He is not nice. Ah. And, and I, there is a distinction there. Yes. He's a kind person. Well, I've said if that. He, I think nice is a small talk. Kind is, is more of your actions. Yeah. If he sees somebody needs something, and I mean, somebody who's working for us, and like he will be like, should we just do this for them? Or should, like he will be the first person to do that. So he is kind, but he is not nice. He'll well, also be the I'm first nice. person. <laughs> you know, sometimes I'm nice. <laughs> As she, rubs, as she rubs, I know, I know, it's okay. You're not though, but it's okay. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying, right? There, there's a big difference between kind and nice. Yeah, yeah. I would rather be kind. Yeah, and and that's fine. And I've learned to understand that because he'll also be the first person who will tell somebody he's working with, "That was shit. You did a <laughs> terrible job there." And I'm just like, "Oh my god, did you just say that?" But that's just how he's gonna tell. He's just gonna tell you. But then I realize that that person needs an extra week pay ahead of time to also be the first person to do that. Got it. So he's just, he's not going to sugarcoat if he feels like you've done something or it's not correct. Like he will just say it. Me on the other hand, I try to be like, well, you know, it probably wasn't the best job, but <laughs> it probably like, wasn't. I mean, again, you know, yeah. And he'll just be like, this was shit. I would have done it in two hours and done it better. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> You know, that type of thing. But I think it's good to have both types Absolutely. of communicators. Absolutely. Um, and sometimes it's good to cop, bad cop, you know. Yeah. The, especially if it's like a, a woman who's worked for us. Sometimes they'll be like, oh, okay. One of them has cried. Cried. I mean, it's my cry. Because, yes, you know. Oh. I don't want to say her name, Jen. <laughs> um, but okay. has cried 
and I don't say made somebody cry. I think it's just your form of telling them she was wrong. She okay. was. Well, then she needed to cry. Yeah, she was. <laughs> she was definitely wrong. Don't blame me for the, the lesson. You, the lesson you learned. <laughs> don't blame me. Correct. Um, but. Then, you know, they come back like, you know, I mean, I know I didn't do this well, but then I'm like, yeah, you know, yeah. not for nothing. Justin was correct. You didn't do it well. It could have been done way better. Um, I'm going to communicate differently, but he wasn't wrong. Yeah. Like, there was, he was not wrong. This was incorrect. And mm -hmm. by the time we were waiting for it, we got something that we couldn't put out and we needed it. Yeah. So his action was his action. So that's why I would say he's very kind. Well, like, these, are the, these are the lessons I've learned in life is that my life has changed when people have directly looked me in the eye mm -hmm. and they told me something that was so hurtful that, that they meant it though they cared they were earnest whereas people that sugarcoat things or maybe they don't tell you the truth but sometimes people looked at me and they're just like you know you are the problem in your life you have to decide that you want to stop you know doing this mm -hmm. doing that and sometimes it, it was hurtful but i would take that with me and that was some of the some of the you know <clears throat> ammunition i had to change my life so that's why i try to be just direct with people but also be thoughtful and be earnest because you never know. Sometimes people need that punch. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Punch. They punch. Listen, Justin, 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 let me tell you something. I don't want, I don't want the punch. I want you, I want you speak. I tell Kevin this all the time. Lie to me. Coddle me. Sugar coat me. Okay. I want, I always want the truth. Listen to me. I, I do want the truth, but coddle me. He needs that. <laughs> he needs That's that. True. He doesn't necessarily give that, but he does need that. Something I had to learn because yeah, yeah. That's true. I, I'm not mean, but I would be just fretful. Yeah. And I had to learn, okay, he may dish it, but he can't listen, take it. Listen. <laughs> Listen, really listen, listen, <laughs> you know? I am the same way. You hear me? Oh, Talk to them people how you want to. As your wife, coddle me. I need you yeah. to approach me nice, okay? Yeah. I love it. Okay, so what? this is a lesson, though. I think that is really important. And not only is it important for, because you are like coworkers, essentially, yeah. too, in business. And that is a struggle of like, okay, I understand you're taking charge, but I'm also not one of your little employees. So always remember that I'm still the wife that's going to lay it next to you at night. And so you play yourself if you want to, because you're going to play yourself in the day. You're going to play yourself at night. Huh? <laughs> Listen to me. You can play uh -huh. yourself that day. You're gonna play with yourself at night. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> so that exactly. is a lesson. That's a lesson, like in the dynamics of, and you guys are holding um very like high profile, almost like powerful leadership is the word I'm looking for. Leadership roles in your previous jobs. Those yeah. aren't like mm -hmm. the bottom of the rung. You are a teacher. You are a controller. Right. People are coming to you for answers, and you are directing people under you. You're hiring and firing. Correct. <laughs> And that's so now when you hire employees, that's one thing. But now when you're working together, that's a completely different and new dynamic. Yes. I, if I can say that, was, you know, you mentioned something there. That was that was a struggle for us in the beginning because people online thought that we were like exploiting our kids and like we're bums and like whatever. Mm -hmm. Not knowing that like, you know, we had great jobs and like we we're talented and, you know, whatever. Everyone was like, they're just using these kids for like whatever. When, when the truth of the matter is that we did not want to go to an office and have our kids not see us between seven and seven. We wanted to like have more family time. And that, that was my big impetus of like, we can spend more time together. I can control, you know, this situation as a dad, I can be there for my kids. Um, but a lot of people online, they were just like, you know, I'm tired of these families, like using these kids for this or that. And like, you know, I've been very clear all along. I don't need to be seen, but I know the one who built this business and my family, I'm the least attractive person in my family, so they can go shine all they want, but I'm the one in the back, I'm the one directing the puppets here. Right, right, and, and I think it is so important. I think in the beginning, in the very early stages of um, social media, people didn't have an understanding that like, people weren't doing this to make money because people didn't know there was money to be made. Man. Like yeah. the reality is it's exactly that. Yeah. My girls are so freaking cute. They're young. I want to capture this. Really, it's the, it was the new version of home videos. That's all it was. It was just on the internet. And people decided, oh my God, it's just as cute as I thought it was because they're my kids. I thought they were cute. You also just thought they're cute. And now I have this following. And yes, I've been able to monetize it, but that wasn't my intent 
going mm-hmm. in. It was mm-hmm. far more, you know, kids of today and families of today that start, you know, YouTube channels. And I don't even mean this uh, disrespectfully or like as shade, but the reality is you understand the business now mm-hmm. that oh, yeah. in the early 2010s of YouTube, nobody knew it. Yeah. yeah. There's so much intention behind the people who start on YouTube now. They are getting on there. They know exactly. I want to make money. I don't care if it's my kids. I don't care if it's me. I don't, I'm going to do whatever it takes. And you see it in the content. Yes. That is the thing. Our content has always been very earnest. Yeah. Now you see it in the content and you just know this is not family life. This is not. No. This is literal, salacious, outrageous, whatever you can do to get a view. Absolutely. Is what's happening now on YouTube. Yeah. So you can definitely see the difference. Um, you know, for us, the girls have, you know, it's like Tiger Woods was three when he started golf. His dad, like, oh, he's really good at golf. Like, let's nurture this. Let's make sure it happens. Serena Williams, let's make sure this stuff happens. Our girls, around three and a half, to me, I could just see that they were not fearful to speak to anyone, super comfortable in front of the camera. Like, they can just always be themselves. And that is not easy for most people, let alone children. Right. So it was like, they have this natural talent and almost like a Mary Kate and and Ashley, like we could build this empire for them. Yeah. At the end of the day, this is not going to be ours. We are actually, we're aging out of this thing. No one cares about, you know, five years. I hope to not be anywhere on YouTube at all. (laughs) Listen, I don't want to be seen on YouTube. Well, I think it's, I think it's really important to say here is that I've been very firm all along about saying how kids should work. You know, when I was a young five-year-old, eight-year-old. Yeah, when I was a young lad. <laughs> but when I was a, when I was a young, really young, I was, um, I worked on a farm and I had to like, you know, chop wood and milk cows and build fences. Oh, and you none, got none the real was, story. None of it was fun. And you right? weren't paid. And I was doing chores and I was sweeping the house, whatever, whatever. So now it's like our, our kids, they work, but they also learn responsibility how to contribute, accountability, how to show up on time, how to come with ideas, and then how to build your self-esteem when you do something good and you know that you did that. And so that has been something we've been able to teach them because we've done this correctly. And those skills you will not learn in school, and they're far more valuable than anything you'll learn anywhere else. And so that is something that uh, I'm really proud that we've given to our kids, and I think that's what makes them you know, the champions. You know, what's so funny is I think we think of, uh, I was just having this conversation actually with my sister because my niece is uh, starting to do uh, acting classes and that. And so she went to one of the classes and the teacher was like, you need to say it with a twinkle in her eye, in your eye. And my niece was like, essentially, girl, I don't know what that means. Like you just keep saying twinkle, uh, twinkle, twinkle, little star. Like, what do you want me to do? Like actually. And so she was getting frustrated to the point of tears. So she went and told my sister, like, I don't want to go back in the class. And so my sister was struggling with like, I feel like it's just acting. So should I not force her to like go back in there and continue on? And we add this like superficiality to, you know, the show business. But -hmm. the reality is you are teaching your kids life skills. That is transferable regardless of what industry they go into. Uh, I was telling her uh, uh, committing something and completing it. That's a skill. Showing up even when you don't want to. We all just talked about nine to fives. I've had jobs I have hated and I still clocked in because that was my responsibility. That's what I needed to do because I had bills and responsibilities I had to attend to and pay for. That's a skill. And these are things that you can, so there's two ways to go about it. There is a wrong way where you just, you know, raise a spoiled brat Yeah. or there's a, listen, and they exist. Okay. That's real. But then there is a more responsible way where this is nothing more than teaching your kids as if they were in a sport as mm-hmm. if they had a job, as if they were in the choir, as if whatever, fill in the blank. It's just that my kids looks like this, but those yeah. skills are things they're going to need into adulthood. Reg- perseverance, resilience, communication, mm-hmm. public speaking. These are all skills that you're, when they standing in front of the camera and they can communicate and talk, that's a, yeah. that's a life skill. That's more than just sitting and yeah. doing a YouTube video. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, there's a lot of kids who go to acting class who will never have an acting job or pursue that other end of it, but they walk out with confidence. Come on. They walk out with skills of communication, of being able to enter a room confidently. 
those are things that those classes gave them. It doesn't mean they had to be an actor, but there's so many ways to give kids things and, and what being from three to where they about to be 10. Oh my gosh. They're about to be 10 in a month and a half. And there is not one room that they walk into intimidated. That's beautiful. That is like, On that red carpet, they were just like yeah. Variety and Ebony. <laughs> I mean, they she had their cars. Yes. Yeah, so what do you think about the film? I was like, first of all, you're doing great. That's what I think. <laughs> that was the and first thing you said, yeah. Yeah, and there was like hustling. And I we, we just talked about this with our, our son. Um, he, he is a creative mastermind, but I don't think that boy want to go to school like that. So college, college, college. So we gave him like, OK, you're going to work for us cutting social clips. And you're okay. going to have deliverables and things like this. Like, you already know. He already knows how to shoot and edit. That's what he does for fun with his friends. But what we're telling him is, like, you're going to go go down one of these two paths. Either going to yeah. work with us or you're going to go to in and out Because either way, you're going to have to learn the value <laughs> of a out. dollar. Right, right, right. Yeah. But we were telling him, like, you've got to – people are going to – whatever you do in life, even if you want to make movies, people are going to rely on you. Like, yep. if you're the director, your notes are going to need to be on time. Yeah. Or you're going to hold up production. So it doesn't really And as a husband or roommate. Hey, you're supposed to lock up. You're supposed to feed the dog like people depend on you. So you've you got to find a way as parents to prepare them for that. Even if your girls decide I want to go into politics, yeah. everything they've done up until this point Absolutely. will be beneficial for them. And I, our boys were in this and they were just like, we don't want to do this. And we were like, good. We're, <laughs> trying, we're trying to we're tired of taking you all down auditions and stuff. But. What else? And the other thing, and I'm I, I'm curious how you guys handle this, because one thing we had to learn, this industry is the other part of the people. They're not there to raise your kids. No, they are there to get the product done. So I remember when our boys were on set, especially our youngest, they wouldn't want to be there. And I remember the PAs be like, we want to give you ice cream. Or I remember yeah. one time specifically, like, he was, Jojo was like, I want a puppy. And they were like, OK, we'll go to PetSmart. I said, no, no I ain't giving this boy. No, are you crazy? If you don't want to be there, we going home. Yeah. You know, so, oh, but that sort of entitlement, like, it's up, it's up to us, the parents, to protect them from that. Because those people are not raising your kids. They yeah. just got to get a job done, a piece of content done, the brand deal, whatever it is. Y'all are the ones that have to raise well-adjusted adults. Yeah, I'll tell you a quick story that happened yesterday. So uh, we meet at 830 in the morning, and I go over this thing called the Daily Dad, which is uh, a, a lesson that I have that I, I convey to the, to the kids. But really... We meet at 8.30 to get our day started correctly so nobody's sleeping in forever, even in the summertime. We talk about what we're going to accomplish, but we meet at 8.30. As Not a family, every is this no. a, a a company meeting or like the two of no, you, Jersey, family. and the girls? I yeah, love family. this. Okay, keep going. So, so 8.30, and, and, and the, the big point here is that, you know, we go, we, we, we get our day started as a family. We love, we talk about whatever, um, but it's 8.30. Yesterday, Ava came down at 8.32. And so she came down the stairs and I, I said, I said, Ava, turn around. What time is it? She said, 8.32. What time are you supposed to be here? 8.30. What time is it? 8.32. So tell me what's wrong with what I, what's happening right now. You tell me what's wrong. She's like, I'm late. Like you are late. And guess who's been waiting? We, we've all been waiting. And I said, if you're, if you're an actress, or if you're doing something else or whatever, do you think these people want to be waiting for you? And I said, you're only nine years old. I understand that. But these lessons, these things you're learning now are going to be the most important things you're ever going to want to know and apply. And I did. I then said, if I learn in life, Ava or Alexis or Jersey, that you're always on time and you're always on time, that's going to be way more impressive to me than if you get straight A's. And they ran with it. <laughs> Wow. So I don't have to make A's anymore? No, I didn't say yeah, that. I didn't say all that. I didn't say all that. I didn't yeah, say all that. Close enough, Dad. Close enough. <laughs> you know, that, that happened yesterday. So that's the same thing. If I'm saying we're doing a video at 4, it's not 4.03. Come yeah. on. It's 4 o'clock. We start at 4 o'clock. And we'll be done at 4.40 so we can go get something to eat. And you know what else? That's good, Justin. What, regardless <laughs> of their job choice or career, that being on time goes a long way it goes a long it goes way. a long it's now especially in this business people well i tell people all the time i say listen talent there's everybody's talented what yeah. is more important are you easy dependable are you reliable are you easy to work with we sat in rooms ourselves and been like oh that person's yeah but i don't want to be on set with them for eight hours or they're going to be late or they're kind of a jerk you know yeah. and that'll get you out of a job more than 
talent-wise, you'll take a less talented person that you'd rather be in a room with for 12 hours that yeah. shows up on time. Absolutely. Yeah. Versus yeah. a person who has all the talent, but like, can I rely on them? Are they going to get their eighth? Listen, in this business, two minutes, it ain't two minutes. It's, yeah. you done lost money. Two minutes yeah. is money. Yeah. So I, I think I, that's, I get it. Yeah, yeah, I think that's, um, I wanted to ask you guys this because I know we got to wrap up. How do you protect the, the girls, the family from Andrew, the, uh, the internet, right? The internet, I remember when we were in there, we was learning to drink out of a fire hydrant and it used to get to us, right? But how do you protect the girls and, and Jersey and yourselves from like that high visibility can be uh, can drowning, be, can overwhelming? Be, yes, those yeah. are the words. I, I mean, I will say ferociously. Come on. One thing you have to be comfortable with is people may not like you, mm -hmm. but only because you're protecting what you have. Yeah. In the beginning, there were a lot of people who would say, that mom is mean. It wasn't that I was being mean, but I was protecting my children. There would be random people who just run up, oh my God! And I'm like, therefore, calm down. <laughs> you know? like, it's okay to be excited. It's okay, but realize who you're approaching. Yeah. You can't run up to children in the middle of the street. Like, that's kind of scary. Yes. You know? So I would, always, or, you know, when they were younger and, you know, if we were out in public and we took a hundred pictures, I might say, okay, no more. We're not doing no more pictures. You know, I would speak up for them. And yes, I understand the person may not realize we've taken a hundred, but we're still people. So yeah. if I'm the bad guy, because I said that I was always okay with that. Even online now, I'm okay with being the bad guy to people to protect our own interests and our own family. And I think anybody who wants to get into this business has to be comfortable being disliked. That's good. For whatever reason. You That's have good. to be comfortable being disliked. Well, if, you don't split hair, if you don't split hairs on some level, you're not interesting. I mean, if you're just straight vanilla, you gotta, <laughs> if you have an opinion that you like me or don't like me, then at least have an opinion. Yeah. And so for us, we're family friendly, but the way that I think we protect the kids, um, my philosophy on social media period is create, don't consume. Mm -hmm. Create your best work, put it out there, and and let it. Yeah. If, if, it's good, if it's good or not, like okay, next video. Like if you didn't like it, but we don't live by the comments. We don't let the kids look at the comments. I don't care about the comments. I create uh, because that's that's fulfilling to me mm -hmm. to have something on a timeline and try to make your best work. Like oh, I just I just created a story and then um, yeah. So so create, don't consume. I love I that. Love it. I love that. Listen, I. I think, listen, people can, one thing I've learned, and I'm sure you guys have seen this, people can project on you for, they might not like y'all just because you're a healthy, wholesome family. And that yeah. doesn't reflect the life they, that their lived experience. So like, look at y'all having daily meetings and you got the nerve to tell them they downstairs late. I ain't even have no dad. Exactly. <laughs> hey, baby girl, whether, whether I love my kids or they had nothing to do with your father or your mother, don't take that out. You projecting on me now, relax. That happens so oh, much. I, I always say, wow, your life must have been pretty difficult for you to go down that road from this piece of content you just saw. That's where you took it? That's where. That's what you gathered? That's what you picked up? You got to go and heal. Yeah. You need to hit that therapist that Justin, spend that year on yourself. Spend that year so you can be healthy. That is amazing. Let me tell you, I love this idea of starting. I'm not, uh, that this idea of starting. I started in the, I know, of starting your day off as a family unit at 830 because it is so freaking easy, especially in the mornings for everyone to be doing this. Yeah. I mean, there's so many different places yeah, to like, go. Don't do it too early, but don't do it like when people can sleep in like 830. I feel is a fair time. And she says on the weekend, we 930. So that's I try to. I, but it's basically a time where we check in. How are you feeling today? And I always like, what are you going to accomplish today? What are you going to accomplish physically? Because these kids want to sit around on devices. Like, no, 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 no. What, what, what's your ass going to do outside? Okay. <laughs> I don't know. My thumbs are going to do a lot of work today. I'm going to do a lot of this and a lot of this. <laughs> <laughs> that is so funny. And so or do you have points that you go over? Listen to me. Tell us. Get us in on the 830 meeting. Do you have points, daily points that you go in or that you so cover every day? I, I'm putting it up right now, but we have like a board and it's basically, this is going to be, this, I, I, it's great. It's how you can earn your digital time. So what are you going to do to earn your digital time? Are you going to, you're going to read a book. You're going to ride your bike some, ah. you're gonna do, you got chores. And also on the refrigerator, I got foods that we're going to eat this week, healthy food. So this week you're going to eat artichokes, walnuts and whatever. And if you abide by all this stuff and you have a good attitude about it, 
at the end, you can, you can spend like $30 on Amazon, whatever you want. And so that's all it takes to get the kids super excited. You give them a little star. They did their chores. Kids are like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> they can, they can buy a little toy for $25 and that's all it takes. So for us, if you seven days in a row of, of just having a good attitude, doing your chores, showing up at 8.30, then you're going to get this. I love this. Okay, we have to ask this. We have to ask this because you have three kids. We'll end on this. Okay, first question. Who gives you the most, not who gives you the most trouble, who's the kid is like, I really don't care. I'm going to do what I want to do. Don't care about your incentives. I am going to do what I want to do. You know what? We really don't have one of those. What we have is the kid who's always going to give an attitude about itself. She'll do it. Yeah, you know, she'll do it. She's not going to go off on her own, but she will give you a piece of her mind. (laughs) Is she 100% you? I I say that, unfortunately, because this is why sometimes I look at her like, Ava, (laughs) I'm I'm going to breathe right now because I really just want to smack her across the room but because you know, we we're the same that. person because we are the same person Listen, you I was, birthed yourself i understand just saying this yeah. in another interview sometimes your kids get a piece of your personality turned up to the max you're yeah. like i know i'm like that but you you kind of od i don't even go that crazy and i'd be tripping <laughs> like that's and your you're normal right. you're nine don't, don't do that right now oh, that's so great you know the, but she she is she gonna change woo-hoo. the world that's the one that's gonna change the world she does not take nonsense and she thinks she's right every time i love it that's my joe too a little bit sometimes he can be like that too but we love it listen to me i have thoroughly enjoyed this conversation and getting to know the mcclures thank you guys so freaking much this was fun great time yeah this has been great it's been great thank you guys so much it was amazing uh, if you're interested in letting them know the people where to follow you or the kids or what you guys are working on, please share with them now. Well, you can find the family if you just type in Mighty McClure's and I think on Instagram or whatever. Uh, I think from, from there they can find you find everybody from Mighty McClure. Yeah, okay. Justin McClure, Ami McClure, you know, whatever. McClure twins, whatever. Um, love it. Love it. Love <laughs> it. Thank you guys so much. And I hope the, I hope this audience who looking at is, first of all, Justin got what, four TED Talks? I think four, yeah. Four TED Talks. There's plenty of ways to get to know them, but this is, this is, you need to watch this one to get to know them together, okay? <laughs> we got their whole family history, what happened, how they got here, how they operate. It was good to get to know these people. Listen, I seen Ami a couple times, but now I feel like I know you for real, girl. Like, I know you for real. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. Until Thank the next guys. one. Bye. Thank Bye. You. Bye-bye.